If you have your Bibles and want to turn there, we are in 2 Corinthians and excited to go through and excited to like be looking at this amazing text that is often overlooked in the New Testament, obviously, and, and I, I think, obviously, I mean, easy to run through and not get what exactly is going on in this pretty amazing letter. So I wanted to do it this way this morning. I'm going to call it widen your heart, but, but, but keep the main thing the main thing. Have you heard about that? Keep the main thing the main thing. I love that. I, I love that that's what we're supposed to do. The, the thing that that requires, though, is two things. It requires you to know what the main thing is. And then it kind of requires you to know what are the things that are going to try and pull you away. So you're going to keep the main thing the main thing. Say, okay, well, then what's the main thing? Well, then, and also, what are the pieces that kind of pull at you? And that's what we're after today. Because last week we saw this grenade went off. I tried to do it with sound effects in here. It was, it was only so successful. They didn't turn it up loud enough to break your eardrums. Because it should. The explosion, right, of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, the end, that last verse. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that you might be the righteousness of God in him. That's just beyond all reason. The only way you're going to know that is that somebody tells you. God comes and says to you and says to you today through the lips of a preacher, through the Holy Spirit, and says, do you know that you are the righteousness of God in him? Not by anything you've ever done. Do you know that God made Jesus, he was like perfect, amazing, pure, and holy, and he became unholy and impure in all of the great exchange where sin is what he becomes. You're like, no way, that makes no sense. Yeah, he really loves you. That should, like, that's, that's, that's the thing, right? That's the thing is that God loved us, not that we loved him, and this amazing bomb that goes off under the bed of our, we've made under the building that we've made with our own logic, and that's the peace that becomes the main thing. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. In Christ, not in yourself, not in your own flesh, not in the things you do, in Christ. And so Paul's coming fresh off of that amazing revelation that he's given them, and you wouldn't know it anywhere else except he tells us by the Spirit. And then he immediately goes into what we're talking about today. This piece. It's mind-bending, life-altering truth, and he wants you to respond. He wants you to be transformed. He wants you to be changed What by the renewing of your mind, by the receiving of this truth. <laughs> Look, this main thing. So I want to walk through that with you. Widen your heart because that's what Paul asks. He says, I'm talking to like I'm talking to little kids. Oh, that you would widen your heart. Oh, that you would be real. Oh, that you would be authentic. Oh, that you would be gathered around this truth and not around the 800 other ways that the world tries to pull you away from the wonder of God's word for you. That's this morning. And it starts with grace received. Because that's what he says. He says in verse 1 of chapter 6, he says, Working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Well, working together with God, that's fabulous. Yeah, it says one word. It says working together with is like a word in Greek. And it says this is what you get to do. Work together with God. I'm like, cool. 
I want that. That's fabulous. Paul is doing that, and, and I believe we can too. So, so what is it? It's, it's an appeal, right? It's not like I'm walking up to God or I'm doing just, no, 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 I'm appealing. I'm actually, I'm actually echoing what the truth actually is. And, and so I'm asking you, don't receive the grace of God in vain. Uh-oh. Don't you find that a little disquieting? You can receive the grace of God in vain? You hear this message and it might be in vain? It might not work? What? I mean, that's what it sounds like he's saying. That sounds scary. What does he mean? Like, 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 like don't receive it and don't get reformed. D- d- don't improve yourself. Don't, don't follow the commandments. No, he means don't not receive this Jesus. Right? For he says, in a favorable time, I listen to you. And in a day of salvation, I've helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. That's a quote from Isaiah. That's a quote from the passage we read this morning, the suffering servant, where God says, do you realize the dawn of all wonder has happened in Christ? It's like every single day, the world's like, I wonder when the Savior's coming. Every single day throughout all history, I wonder when the Savior's coming. And then, now is the time Jesus has come. Don't receive the grace of God in vain means don't you dare miss that he's come. Do you realize Jesus Christ has come? Do you realize he became sin so that you might be the righteousness of God? That's so incredible. We aren't in a time when God is far, when he is distant, when he has abandoned us, when he has judged us. We are in a time of salvation. Now is the time, Jesus becoming sin so that you and I become the righteousness of God in him. Oh my, just receive this. You don't have to do anything else. This is a gift. The whole human race has been longing for a present from God. And suddenly the doorbell rings and, and you, you open it up and there's this massive present there. He says, don't receive that in vain. You don't shut the door. You grab the present because it's fabulous. Accept it. So you keep the main thing, the main thing. What's that? He became sin so that we might be the righteousness of God. The great exchange, the actual gift of righteousness, the thing we actually have our whole lives long. This is it. You've got it. Here's the thing about the main thing. Everybody says, oh yeah, yeah, I got that. Everybody says, oh, yeah, it's okay, no problem. Yeah, that's good, Dax, very, very good. And they don't see the little tiny ropes and snakes and things coming in to try and steal that away from you, the obstacles that keep you from receiving the grace of God. And that's where he spends all of his time, Paul does. He wants to remove the obstacles. He wants your eyes opened. Say, this is it. Stay on the gift. Don't you dare move. Stay right here. Let me, let me make sure you see this. <laughs> we put no obstacle in anyone's way, says Paul, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. See, there might be a fault found in Paul even, but certainly in anyone if what they do is put an obstacle in the way of coming to that incredible truth. Well, what obstacles might there be to receiving the free gift of Jesus? It's free, right? But if we're working together with God, 
Say, hey, I want to work with God. What do you do? It means I'm appealing to you and you're appealing to people around you by how you live and how you present and what you say. What is this message? What is this thing we believe? Do we believe it's a free gift of God in Christ? Or are you appealing, i.e. you're the mouth speaking and you're speaking something else? What else could you be speaking? Well, that's pretty easy to think through, right? How about you got to clean up first? You know, get rid of your sins, show that you've really been changed. But, but it isn't about you changing, right? That's not the gift. The gift is not, well, um, I, will, I will make you change. The gift is Jesus became sin for you and he gave you his righteousness. That's so far away from you becoming Jesus. Or you could say, well, you know, there's other things you've got to give to the church. You've got to do certain disciplines. You've got to agree with my opinions about this long list of truths that I think are important. None of that. None of it. I don't do that, says Paul. In fact, he says that's the hallmark of my ministry, that I don't put obstacles in anyone's way. What we want to do is work together with God in appealing to everyone to receive the best gift they will ever have. So Paul gets really bold. This is really important, he says. And it's so important, I'm going to do something I never do, says Paul. I'm going to commend myself to you. (laughs) What does it mean to commend yourself to somebody? He says, I'm going to say how great I am. Give me a minute, I want to tell you how great I am, says Paul. (laughs) <laughs> you know in other places he says he's, he, he, he doesn't do that. He doesn't, if you're going to say, to go this way with me, think for just a second. You're walking down and you're going to go to a job or if you're trying to convince somebody to hire you. What do you say to commend yourself to them? What if you're Paul, what would you say? I know what I would say. I would say, I founded 12 churches. 11 of them are still going. I like, you know, you know that there's been uh, 3.4 million people who've been saved through me. Make me the next pastor. You know, Jesus actually took me and I went with him and he spoke directly to me. When's the last time you hung out with Jesus and had lunch? All these things that only Paul did that he was so amazing. That, that's the thing, right? So he says, I'm going to commend myself to you. I want to know what he's going to say. Well, what's the thing that's so important? He says, this, this is it. I, I don't want any obstacles in front of you. Let me tell you about my ministry that is obstacle removing. And he goes into this list that's so long, almost everybody I talked to said, hey, what's the list? After about two words, you skip down to the end. Because that's what we do with the Bible. We take clippets of it. It's like we're TikTok people. I was reading about that. Do you realize the average teenager spends an hour on TikTok every day? There's 100 million Americans that watch TikTok all the time. Do you know what TikTok is? I just learned this. I'm an old guy. They're little video clips. That's our life. That's, our, that's who we are as people now. We watch little video clips. Well, this isn't a video clip. This is lo- We'll show a video clip later. TikTok people, don't worry. Hang on. But, but this is the deal, right? Is, it, is that Paul gives 18 ins. Four throughs. Three as if. And he just lays them out here in the text. If you have your Bible and look, it's like in, 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 in. Okay, stop already. In, 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 in. No, it's 18 times. He doesn't do it. He doesn't do it randomly. He's making a very important point for you and me. I want to go through. I want you to see 
So read the text with me. Look at the actual word of God. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, Paul says, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. And then he says, then he says this, he says, but as servants of God, I'm a servant of God too, aren't you? We commend ourselves in every way. I want you to see how it is that I think this is going to go, he says. And your English text will say by, but the Greek text says in. And the Greek text has in in front of every one of these words. Because we're English, we don't like, we get bored with repetitive words. But repetitive words are important. They show you he's absolutely thinking boom, 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 boom. So let me go through it with you as he's bold with this list. In great endurance, in afflictions, in hardships, in calamities, in beatings, in imprisonments, in riots, in labors, in sleepless nights, in hunger, <laughs> he's not done. But, but, but let's pause for a minute. I mean, in great endurance, it's like, this is how I want to condemn, uh, commend myself as a servant of God to you, says Paul. That's in waiting around. That, that's my commendation. You, you see, I've gotten the best truth you can ever have. I've got the best grenade, the, the most important thing you can ever know, which is what Jesus Christ adores me and he promises me that he's going to come back for me and he's made everything for me. He loves me and he's made me his own and I have his righteousness and he became sin for me, but death couldn't hold him and he rose from the dead. I know that. What does my ministry look like? Waiting around. Knowing that's true while this life happens. That's amazing. This is the apostle to the Gentiles. Endurance. Endurance isn't like, it, it, it's bearing under. It's, it's all these things happening to us while, while this goes on. But this is the mark of ministry, right? We don't look like much and you don't either. But we endure, we wait, we bear up, we take good cheer because of this witness we have is that we trust the promise. That's all I'm trusting is the promise and nothing else. No other obstacles. Like there's other things you should be doing. In afflictions, because this is what a servant of God has. We don't have triumphs. We have afflictions. We're nothing. We're waiting for God's resurrection power. In, in hardships. Because servants of God aren't immune from them here. It's not a mark of favor to be out of hardships. That's just part of living. God works by promise. Man, if it's my best life now, I'm in huge trouble. My life now is so bad compared to what it's going to be like, you guys. Receive Christ, would you? In calamities, like that's horrible things that actually happen in our lives. The idea is we don't crawl up to God. We don't become angelic keepers of the law. Calamities happen to us. Marriages fail. Kids rebel. Jobs get lost. Cancer happens. It's like, oh no. And, just, and, and Paul's like, well, this is, this is my commendation. That in those things... I'm holding to the main thing. That's what it is. Right? I refuse to put the obstacle of things will go better for you because when they don't, you'll not trust the promise. The promise is Christ alone. In beatings and imprisonments and riots, all those things have happened to me, says Paul. I didn't avoid them. They didn't shake my assurance that the promise is true, that my circumstances are not what commend me to God. Avoiding prison isn't the person. 
Avoiding prison is not the purpose of life, right? I've never been to prison. I visited. I used to do a ministry when I was in in uh, seminary where every week we'd go to the prison and we'd do in a service for the guys that were there. Um, tough situation. Some of them became Christian in prison. What a beautiful thing. No matter where you've been, no matter what you have, no obstacle, no, no like, man, if you only clean up, then we'll give Christ you. No, that's not where it's at, right? In labors and sleepless nights and hungers, I, my own personal experiences, says Paul, aren't glowing. In fact, part of the affirmation of the message is, I, I don't say, well, if you know God, then you really will do better. No, I, I, I say now I have incredible salvation, and that's totally compatible with not sleeping at night. <laughs> like, Paul, where's your melatonin? But it's not about melatonin, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's about worry. It's about anxiety. It's about things that wake you up and say, oh, no, what about this and what about that? See, see he, he's not even getting to the point of saying, I don't worry about anything. That would just be another law for you to do, Right? If you really want to be a Christian, you won't be anxious. Then you, sitting in the chair or at night, as you don't sleep because you're anxious, and you're like, oh, no, maybe I'm not a Christian, that anxiety has become an obstacle for you to actually believe that God in his love comes to you. And that's what Paul is getting at. This is my apostolic witness. There is nothing that keeps me from the wonder of Christ for me, and I proclaim that to you and you who are servants of God you proclaim that with your life with your words and who you are it's Jesus alone I'm telling you to your face says Paul this commends me to you because I'm being true to the message absolute trust in the promise of God who made me his made his son sin so that I could be righteous he's done it by his hand and he promises me that I will be his forever and we're only halfway through the ends Let's keep going. In, says Pi, but really the word there is in. In purity, in knowledge, in patience, in kindness. Let's pause for there. Those are, again, it feels like almost another section, but it's just a list. In purity, this is the only place in the whole New Testament that this word is used. It's not your common word for moral purity. It means sincerity. It, it, it means this is... It, Man, I am true to this message. I don't have to be anything but myself. I am me. So huge. And all of this, what you see is what you get. I am me. This is what the message does. I don't have to put on a face. I don't have to be anything else. In the trueness who is me, I hold this one main thing. The righteousness of Christ is mine. My sin goes on him. In patience, I'm patient with you and your foibles and sin because this message lowers my expectations of you. We're reading a book about that called Low Anthropology. You should check it out. In kindness, I'm kind because you are like me, a fallen sinner. How could I think you will be perfect when I am nothing? That you should be climbing when the message is no one climbs. You're kind with failings and sins and imperfections. That's the gospel message. And, and, and then there's these next three. And, and for these last three where he uses in, he adds another word. Very interesting. He goes in word, in word, in word, in word, in word, in word, in word. Then for 16, 17, 18, he says in word, word. You're meant to notice. If you're in Greek, you notice. Because he says this in, in the Holy Spirit. 
in genuine love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God. Okay, pause there because it's going to change. And look at these four with me. In the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, See, we want to do things in our spirit all the time, but Paul's saying my apostolic ministry and yours too, if there's any ministry of the servant of God that you're going to have, it needs to be in the Holy Spirit. It's not your passions. It's the Holy Spirit, because this is my trust in the Spirit of God, the one who has sealed me in you, who is my guarantee, who actually indwells me and indwells you, and it changes everything about how I see you if I know the Holy Spirit's in you. This is the way things happen is the Holy Spirit. In speech, truthful, truthful speech. That, that, that says, Paul says, hey, you know what? There is untruthful speech. There is speech that's trying to like shade things and trying to make you do things that aren't part of this. I don't do that. He says, I speak truthfully. It's so easy to leave truthful speech for, for what people want to hear. Such a temptation to add in a little law to make the law a comfort and a guide for you and me. But if the message is Christ your righteousness and not you your own, Paul says, I speak the truth. And yeah, I get rejected for it. And then then finally he says, in God's power. And that means not his own. Right? Our own power seems obvious and it's present i have ability i have the ability to do x y or z i can pick and choose which one i do but at the end of the day it fails you know the only thing that really works is god's power just look at any structure ever made by any man go go look even the pyramids right they're kind of falling down you go look at these structures, these great cathedrals. They need work all the time to keep them up. And if you just leave them there and you leave them stand, they won't last. You need the power of God. That lasts forever. Any car ever built, we need a mechanic to keep it up. But the power of God stands. And this is the power of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's for you. Okay, so those are the ends. Paul says, this is the, 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 the surroundings in which I am speaking. And they show and I commend to you that I'm holding to the message, this incredible single main thing in the light of all. It's not showmanship. It's not fake. This is the reality. And in every circumstance, I'm holding here. Would you hold with me? And then he says, I have a little help. I've got a couple things that are, that are with or through. What are those things? So he has three of them there. With the weapons of righteousness. So really you should say through through the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left. He says, I've got two weapons. I'm holding the right hand and the left. And then he says, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. Well, what are these weapons first, you know? The weapons of righteousness. Well, that kind of perks my ears up. So I think he's referring to the armor he speaks of in Ephesians, right? Remember the armor in Ephesians? He says, put on the armor of God. He he thinks in these ways. He thinks in the ways of the weapons and the armor that you're going to wear. The right hand and the left hand there, the, 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 the right hand gets the sword, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I've got the Word of God, you see, the Word of God that declares that the only hope that you're ever going to have ever, ever, ever is Christ in Him alone. That's what you got. And then I've got the shield, the shield of faith, right? 
You've, you've got these things too. And particularly in, in Ephesians there, it says the fields of shield of faith so that you may extinguish the darts of the enemy, the accuser. You see, what happens is darts start coming at you. Boom, boom. And he's, he's the apostle. He's being, and he says, in afflictions, in calamities, in hardships, in hunger, in, in sleepless nights, in these things that happen to me, here I am. And you know what starts coming at me? Accusations. You're not really saved. God doesn't really love you. You're not really worthy. You know you're not really doing stuff right, and, and therefore God's, I'm not even sure you're God's. What extinguishes those darts? He says, my weapons do. I got, I got my shield out. What's the shield? Faith. What does faith say? Faith says, I trust the promises of God. He says that I am righteous in Christ. Full stop. Not by anything I've done. My sin went on Jesus. All of it paid. All of it forgiven forever. So when those accusations come, you know what I know for sure? They're not true. And I can hold on to those by trusting in what God has actually said to me. You know what the devil doesn't want you to think? That God's given you his son? That he adores you? you? Come on, give me 15 minutes with you and I'll play the devil. I love devil's advocacy. It's not a whole thing, the devil's advocate. So the devil's advocate and I can like, take your life and start taking it apart. And I'm, I, I, I almost guarantee you, I can try and convince you, you really don't deserve God. You have not been good enough. It's easy to do. That's what the law does. It's great. It's a high standard and you're down here somewhere. Always! The only thing that helps me is I actually have my weapons. The word of God, which declares to me that the gospel is true, and the shield of faith, which I, I have trust in his promises for me. So that's the width there, right? You may not understand, says Paul, the obstacles are not what you think. They're this upside-down world that makes you think that this word from God is not really true unless you do something else. But, but unless this is just untrue. Things are not what they seem. God has not made this life by sight. He's done it by faith. There's no prosperity gospel to be had. There's no works gospel here. There's, there's no law for you to accomplish to make your obedience the key. What you have to do is receive the gift. And people get so mad at this that they call Paul an imposter. A nobody, a dying, failed, weak, sad man. And, and that's what he has to say about this, right? Through, as I go through, honor and dishonor. We are treated as imposters and yet are true. Actually, let's look at the asses there. Because the through that he goes through, I just want to make sure you see. Through honor and dishonor, said both sides, no matter what, I have the same truth. No matter if I'm honored, no matter if I'm dishonored. Through slander and praise, as people slander me or as people praise me. The same things, right? But then he says this. We are treated. That word's not in the Greek. He just starts with as. It looks like, he says, we're imposters. And yet we're true. So important for you to see. Again, I'm walking you through this passage that we skip through really quickly. And, and as you look, it says, it's not so much that we are treated because that's not in the text. It's Paul says, this is what I look like. As if I were. As an imposter. It says, I look like an imposter. Why do I look like an imposter? 
Paul doesn't look like an imposter, does he? He does. That's the whole purpose of this letter, you guys. Paul has written to the Corinthians and they wrote him back and said, no, you're not telling the truth. He's had this huge argument with him. Why? Because he looks like nothing. He looks like a failure. And you've got these great, awesome people coming and going, I got the word of God and I'm telling you, you need to do these things. And you got Paul over here and he looks like a piece of like smudge on the floor. And he says, just hope in Jesus. Yeah, just hope in Jesus. Why you look like a smudge on the floor? I want strength. I want victory. I want accomplishment. I want a shiny halo. Paul's got none of it. What he has is this word. And so he says, I look like an imposter because it would seem by all rational thought that what would happen is God saves the good people or God takes the bad people and makes them the good people so you can see how awesome they are. And instead, Paul goes, we just, yeah, you know, while horrible things happen to my life, in afflictions, calamities, hardships, boy, those sound fun. Can we add a few more shipwrecks? bitten by snakes, not having enough food to eat, so like uncomfortable that I'm not even sleeping at night. Hey, come be a Christian. I look like an imposter. If I really had God on my side, wouldn't everything go swimmingly? No. As imposters looking that way, and yet, Paul says, true, because things are not what they seem. Don't you dare think your eyes tell you the truth. Right? He says, as unknown and yet well-known. It's like, you guys think I'm just hiding away stuff. You guys just think I'm not really telling you the truth. He says, but I am known. I'm wide open here. The only message I have is the message I'm sharing with you. There's not hidden deep like Gnostic knowledge that I have in the back corner for the people that give me more money. Paul says, as As dying, behold, we live. I look like I'm going down. I want to stand in for Paul here and say, I'm dying. So are you. Some of us look closer to it than others. I just saw somebody today said, I'm living another 17 years. I said, good luck. I'm sorry, dear wife. I hope I don't. I want to go with you, Jesus. But I'm dying. And yet I live. Why do I live? By promise. By the promise of God saying he's going to resurrect this crazy, bad, nothing body and make it live forever with him. That's life. Behold. It's like a surprise. I'm dying. And behold. Surprise. It's like a jack in the box. We finally got him. Ah, nope, you didn't. Resurrection from the dead. Here I come. That's what Paul says, right? This is, this is his apostolic witness. As punished and yet not killed. It's like people put us down, we get going down. That's what it looks like. It looks like God is punishing me. If you think, you look at me, as if I'm being punished, but I'm not killed. God's got me. Things are not what they seem. And he keeps going. As sorrowful and yet always rejoicing. It's like, oh, and I do. I, I don't, I'm not Pollyanna, Paul says. I'm not somebody who goes, you know what? I, oh, everything's so good in Jesus. They lop your arm off. I've done that already. The skit is great. If you've not seen the Monty Python skit of the knight there that gets his arm cut off, flesh wound. Other arm, flesh wound. Leg, flesh wound. Come on, I can beat you, other leg. Pretty soon he's just a stump sitting there. 
Yeah, but it, we're not like that. Hard things happen to us. We get sorrowful. There's this world, and it's not good. But at the same time, I have this inner rejoicing. Why? Because the promise is true, and I know it. I can talk at the same time of being sorrowful at the, what the world's doing to me and being rejoicing at what God's doing in my life, right? And then he says, as poor and yet making many rich. Yeah, I, we don't have a lot. This is not our home. And yet, with the message that you have to give to people as a servant of God, the message of the incredible richness you have in Jesus, that God himself is for you and he gave his son to die so that you might live, all of this goes right together with the gospel, right? As having nothing yet possessing everything. This is what I look like. Paul's describing to them. It looks like I have nothing, but I actually have everything because if you have Christ, you have everything. And there are so many people who want both. So that's, that's not the message. As having, what is it? Having everything yet possessing and possessing men. I want Jesus and I want the mansion here. I want Jesus and I want three and a half kids that are all shiningly perfect. And I want the job that everyone else wants to get. And I want, and you make your list of stuff about because God's going to love, those actually become obstacles. Paul says, that's not my life. My life is, I, I look like I have nothing, but I know so clearly I possess everything because I've got Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who became sin, that I might become the righteousness of God in him. Okay. Ooh. That's a long list, Dax. Yeah, I know. Seemingly endless, and I don't understand, but you can understand, Paul says. I'm putting down my flag. This is transformation. This is what it means to be a servant of God here on earth. What does it mean? Hold on to the message. Walk, will you, by faith, not by sight. There's nothing more freeing then this, it's, it's more freeing than anything you could imagine to know that God is the one doing it, to lay down your pet project, to lay down your anger and injustice, to lay down your desire for fairness, to lay down your frustration over your own lack of progress, to lay down your desire for personal vengeance and the sin that has come your way, to, and, and, and to receive this gift from God that overwhelms every single other thing. It's that good. You know what, though? Here's the thing. This is why he's going to say, open your heart. Because I don't know, you walk through all this with me, you say, yeah, Dax, I already get all this. I know things are not what they seem. But we are constantly being treated to a show. And you feel, to me, life on earth feels like people are always trying to give you a show instead of giving you the truth. And Paul says, I've got the truth. What's the truth? This simple message. Jesus Christ for you. And the show becomes, oh yes, with Jesus, let's show you with, with the plug into the wall. Let's show you all the beautiful things that you can have if you take. And they start giving you garbage. And Paul says, no, I just give you the truth. And it's so hard because it's the greatest show on earth this show of trust in yourself. So I want to show you a clip. I show you, I told you I would. TikTokers, now's the time to wake up. <clears throat> and watch. So this is, this, is, um, this is the intro to a movie that you know, but I want to think about it with you just as we close here for a minute. Here it is. So tell me, do you want to go? Where's coming in all the color lights? Swimming by the ways of running 
is here right in front of you. This is where you want to be. It's the beginning of this movie, where in his imagination, this kind of P.D. Barnum-like guy has this idea for the greatest show on earth. And you see all the beauty and all the wonder and all the choreography and all the lights and all the colors. And I love it and I want it. I want all of it. And then he's turning around and you realize after he's going, it's all in his imagination. And then his life is going to be about trying to create that imaginary thing that at the end of the day is fake. I'll tell you, so much of our world is that way. I stand before you as your pastor and just proclaim to you, watch out, this world sucks at you. This world puts at you these colored lights and these things, and I like it, and I want it, and I go after it. I'm stupid. I run there. I want that. I love this. What a great song. What wonderful choreography. I, I, this movie, that I, I could watch that all day. The soundtrack's great. And I'm going, this is really good. It's all the world. And the image there is you know that there is the incredible depth of truth. And so Paul says, open your hearts, because Paul, Paul says, I've opened mine to you. We've spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. What is the wide openness? Well, that in affliction and hardship and calamity and hunger and sleepless nights and, and things that look like terribleness, you know the reality, the truth that I cannot stop talking about. That means I rejoice and I'm, I'm amazed and true and I've, I've got Jesus. And, and the fakeness is the thing that honestly, at the end of the day, pulls my soul. It does. I want to win. I want to succeed. I want to show you the strength of God by my strength. I want to show you the awesomeness of God by my beauty. I want to show you the wonder of God by my amazingness. And it's a, it's a folly and not true, says Paul. So would you come, he says. He says, you're not restricted by us. I'm just telling you the simple gift. You take it. You're restricted by your own affections. You are pulled away because you desire other things than this truth. And so that's why he finishes this section saying, in return, and I speak to you as a little kid, widen your hearts. Widen doesn't mean like accept more things. Widen means be authentic. Stop going after the show. Stop being about that because where the power is isn't in the show. The power isn't in you being stronger and more alive. The power isn't in you being fakely more happy and insisting that things are great. The power is things actually are great because the message is true. Jesus Christ is for you. It is the most wonderful thing you'll ever know. It is a grenade that goes off in your bottom of your heart when you receive that it is that God loved me, not that I loved him. And you can take it to the bank because the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, declares that God so loved the world, and that's you, that he gave Jesus for you. Will you trust it? It's true. Come with me, would you? Widen your heart. Be yourself. And stand on this amazing, wonderful truth of the gospel of God. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for this passage and the wonder of it, the depth that you have done it all for us. And Lord, these passages like this morning, I'm so prone to walk over and just say, yeah, Paul was great. And he was, Lord, you made him great. 
But Father, how we pray today, us gathered here, that you would deepen our assurance, our confidence, our hope in the real truth that we have, which is you for us. Oh, while we are sinners, you adoring and living and, and being for us, Lord. Thank you for all you've done. We praise your name this morning. That's Jesus' name. Amen.